So, Mike, how was your night at the gallery? Oh, I went to the new art gallery, yeah. And it was just another art gallery. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Yeah, I mean, it was a nice art gallery. It was better than the other art gallery in Hong Kong. Although I actually haven't been to the other one for years either, so I don't know. But the other one has been renovated as well, right? Yeah, so I actually haven't been to the other one since it's been renovated, which was like years ago as well. I've just not been. I really should go now. I've been planning to go for ages. I just never quite got around to it. But I went to the new one, which is called M+. And it has like a it has like a 10-story high screen on top of it. Outside. Outside, 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 yeah. But it just seems ridiculous because the actual, the actual museum... There's like a ground floor with a large gallery space and then a first floor with lots of smaller galleries and then a roof garden. And then on top of that, there's like a 10-story high display screen that's just showing like videos from inside the gallery. Like, it's crazy because there's there's like 120-store skyscraper next door. Like, Hong Kong is mental, I guess. But, you know, imagine like you live in that skyscraper and you're like, wow, I have a harbour view and I'm on the 10th floor. And then someone builds a screen in front of your window, you know? Like, what are the chances of someone building, like, a screen in front of your window when you're 10 stories up? In Hong Kong, it turns out, non-zero, that that can happen. This is all happening all the time. They'll just reclaim some land and build something in front of your sea view. It's an inevitability. It really is. I mean, and until such point as the actual harbour is like literally concreted over, and then, and then, well, then you won't have to worry about you know suddenly them reclaiming land and building in front of you. But equally, no one's got a sea view anymore. So they'll have to have like a a very narrow gap just so they can channel set, just for ships or just for sea view. Right? If everyone's sea view, they're gonna have just have a path view. of water, a path of water. For the sea view, yeah. They'll still call it sea view. It's like in Hong Kong how... I don't think they do this anywhere else in the world. In fact, I think they actually cracked down on it and they, and they finally stopped it. But they'll, they'll still like quote this number where there's like the saleable or net area, which is the area of the flat you know, you're trying to rent or buy. And then they have this other number they call gross area where they just include all like the public space as well, like divided by the number of flats in the building or on the floor or something isn't it so you'll be like oh wow it's a thousand square foot flat actually a thousand square feet probably doesn't sound very impressive to an american but in hong kong that's actually a very big flat and then you know you actually go in there and it's like what this is tiny it's like oh yeah sorry that's the gross area the saleable area for this flat is 600 and you'd be like what you know it's like well they've got a large like you know communal area it's like i don't care about the communal area the gross area is like is indeed gross Oh dear. Did did you know that they are selling flats that are like 150 square feet now for four to five million Hong Kong dollars? So that in pounds, because I can do that off the top of my head, is, you know, like 400 to 500,000 pounds. That doesn't surprise me. I've heard stories of, of bathrooms that are so small that you can't open the door if someone's on the toilet. It's just so cramped. It's a security measure. You don't need a lock. That's a feature, not a bug. They can save a few pounds on the on the lock. That's right. Just this, just think how expensive the flat would be if you had to buy a lock as well. You should be grateful. So anyway, 
I went to the new art museum. It was nice. It was very classy. It felt it felt just like another high class art museum. I mean, I I know this sounds like I'm saying a bad thing, but actually, it's a good thing. You know, like often if you go to oh, <laughs> that's like something very disparaging there. I feel like sometimes if you go, you know, the Tate Modern. I think is a cool museum. Like I like the Tate Modern and like I've been to MoMA in New York as well. Like that's a cool museum, right? Sometimes you go to art museums in Asia and they're all like very proper and all the art is very correct, you know, and there's like nothing interesting there at all. And like this museum was just kind of mental and it had lots of interesting stuff in it. I mean, a lot of it's from Asia too, which is interesting because like, you know, you don't see so much of that, but they really did just do mental, mental things. like. There was one point when I was wandering around and there was this huge queue and I was like, what's this queue for? And the queue was for a sushi bar because literally there was some sushi bar in Tokyo that, you know, was done by like some famous architect or something. And apparently it was like a really interesting design. And they were saying like commercial spaces are ephemeral because trends change and they renovate and it's lost. And so this sushi bar was going to renovate. And so the art museum just swooped in and bought the interior of the sushi bar and deconstructed it, packaged it up, shipped it to Hong Kong and rebuilt it in this art museum. So there's literally a bit of the art museum where there's just randomly a sushi bar with a massive queue to go in. They don't serve any sushi in there. You literally just walk in and look at the sushi bar and walk out again. But you can walk through it. Well, there's only one door because it's a sushi bar, not a sushi corridor. So, you know, you walk in, you admire it and you walk out again. Okay, you don't have to sort of admire it from the outside. No, I mean, you walk in as if you were a customer going to order sushi. But then (laughs) I don't think you like to sit down or anything because, you know, now it's a work of art. So you have to walk in there and stand stand in there and look at it and then walk out and it's like wow that was half an hour of queuing well spent was it a work of art i didn't queue because the queue was too long i just read the blurb i read the blurb and i watched a video outside about how they transported this sushi bar from tokyo to hong kong so i was going to ask you is it soulless the answer is no it was surprisingly not soulless and it was the the architecture of the building was also quite nice I mean, it's very much a modern art museum. It looks and feels just like any other modern art museum, but like a top-class modern art museum, not like a crappy knockoff modern art museum. You know, like I, I do, again, I kind of feel like a lot of, again, to sound slightly disparaging, but remember I'm Chinese, right? Asian countries have this thing of like, we're going to do an art museum. I'll have one art, please, you know? And then like they get some curator to come in and, you know, set up some stuff and then you know the government minister for culture is like oh i don't like that that's not art you should do this other thing instead and you end up with just like a load of boring crap yeah it's it's what art should be in their head not what it is today yeah whereas this is just like total bs madness which is which is good that's what i wanted yeah that's what it is today yeah that's that's true art total bs i like there's there's one exhibit which is literally I think it's like a million pieces of black cardboard, but like cut into the, you know, cut into the shape of a business card, like a million of them. And they just threw them on the floor. <laughs> it's just like this huge pile of like business cards, but it was really cool. Okay. 
Can't believe you're supporting the madness as well. Tracy Emin is like 20 years ago now, is that right? 25, long time ago. Probably, probably. Yeah, it's the norm. Uh, yeah, you know what? I remember when I first heard about like her thing of her bedroom, you know, that she won the the Turner Prize for. And I remember at the time thinking like, that is absolute nonsense. Where are like the paintings and stuff? But then, you know, that's because I was like a terrible soulless culture secretary. You know, now I'm like, yeah, I understand the bedroom. Totally. I understand the bedroom. Give me more of the bedroom. I remember seeing something where it was just made up of post-its. And that's okay now. I can't believe that. I can't believe that. That's probably banned now here. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Shall we move on? Fine. Oh, do you have more? Do you have more? Do you have more on your, like, no. Mike's, art? <laughs> He's Mike, like, Mike's take no, no, on it's fine. modern art? Mike's take on modern art? No, I'm, I'm, it's fine. I'm not a modern artist. Or may- maybe I am. You know, the only thing that separates, like, being a modern artist from being a hack is just, like, a fun justification. No, that's your headline. And probably some pain. Just need some pain. It's right. You just need some weird fun justification. That's so insightful. You're just going to start painting all the public toilets. Yeah, well, you know, that's the difference between a messy bedroom and the Turner Prize. It's a shame you're like in the wrong place to provide any social commentary through your art. Quite so. I mean, I do think that, but you know, again, that was the thing that was interesting. There were some borderline things there. Borderline. There were is some things where over the line there. That, that's what surprised me. That's what really surprised me. I was like, I'm surprised this is here. I'm surprised this is here. And the friend I was there with was like, don't say that too loud or you'll be arrested. And I was like, yeah, let's move on. Okay, I want Mike's quick take on the Spider-Man multiverse. <sighs> I mean, I'm, not, I'm just like totally not qualified to talk about this because I haven't even watched Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, you haven't? Have watched- you watched Into the Spider-Verse? Yeah, I've watched Into the Spider-Verse. No, it's just perennially on my to watch list. I've just never got around to watching it. Oh, you should watch it. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not qualified to talk about it. Sorry to disappoint you. I saw the new trailer. I saw Dr. Octopus is in it and they're all sniggering at his name. It's just like, dude, it's his name. It's not his fault. He was born with it. I mean, if you were born with that name, would you then become an octopus-based supervillain? I don't know. You might... Well, but then again, it's just so perfect, right? What is so perfect? Sorry, I just went on. Just went off on a little mental adventure there, and just didn't include you in it, or anyone. You know, you know like <laughs> let, let's say if you've got a ludicrous name that's perfect for a kind of supervillain, do you embrace it or do you do something else? You know, like Doctor Octopus is what Otto Octavius. They they literally take the mick of this in the new, you know, Spider-Man trailer, but it's like. If he was going to be a supervillain that wasn't octopus based, would that would that just be confusing? Is is this how supervillains are born? Yeah, they have a funny name. They get mercilessly bullied for it, and they decide to take revenge on the world by, you know, building some sort of power suit. So what are we saying? Like Elon Musk is going to be some Musk based supervillain? <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a. There's a, I mean, there's a Rick and Morty episode where in an alternate universe he's called Elon Tusk and he has all like Tusk-based stuff. And was Jeff Bezos in there? Nah. You can't shift a letter at all, can you? 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't think real. I mean, real billionaire supervillains are more subtle anyway. You know, this is this is the fun comic book universe where everyone's like flying about and shooting lasers. In the real world, they just like undermine democracy instead. That's too real. You're the one who brought it up. What What do you think about Spider Man? You're more qualified to talk about it than me. Yeah, I just wanted to get your take on the multiverse as a concept, you know, in a through a hard sci-fi perspective, from a hard sci-fi perspective. Oh, you 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 want a multiverse hot take? Yeah. You just like multiverses are sh- It's nonsense. No, multiverses are cool, but they're also just like it's just a bit overdone. There's just too many multiverses now. I mean, I do love a good multiverse storyline. But just everything's a multiverse now. It's just like It's just like, you know, Marvel just keeps escalating. It's like, the universe is in danger. Oh, we saved the universe. Now the multiverse is in danger. What are they going to do once they run out? What are they going to do once they save the multiverse? Are they just going to reboot everything and go back to square one? Or are they going to invent some kind of new multiverse? Then there'll be the metaverse in danger. And then it'll be sponsored by Meta. I don't know. Then we can all be superheroes in Mark Zuckerberg's vision. Maybe in the strategy room they're thinking... They can't get enough of this. I can't believe we're still going. It's phase four. It should be over by phase five. You know, even they're surprising themselves at this point because there is nothing oh, after the multiverse. I just keep printing money. You're right. There's, there's no way. There's nowhere to go. Where can you escalate to? You've already done time. You know, they've done time travel. They threw it in there as a one shot. They should have done that as a phase. <laughs> it's just a phase they're going through. It's just a phase they're going that one through. Out. They're going to grow out of it and they'll become a proper multiverse. Yeah, they should just ring it out. I mean, I'm probably still going to watch it. Have you, but <laughs> have you watched the Internals? No, <laughs> I haven't watched it. I haven't watched okay. the Internals. You know, but there was a throwaway line in the trailer, so it's not in the film. That you know, they had some like one line to explain why they weren't there for Endgame, and that's it's just going to they're going to start tripping over themselves. But actually. I think that's part of the fun. There'll just there'll just be a different multiverse, or it was like a timeline that got erased or something. They've got infinite excuses now. With infinite possibilities come infinite opportunities to wreck on things. And I'm hundred percent not complaining. Cause at the moment it's it's consistent. And I want the the power escalation. I love the ridic- ridiculousness. Yeah, I mean it's still printing money because it is still fun. I mean <sighs> They're entertaining films, but it is a bit, I don't know. When's that out? Christmas. Wow, it's going to be the battle of that and The Matrix 4. Which we know nothing about. There's a trailer for The Matrix as well. It looks terrible. <laughs> but we still don't know what's really happening, whether he's being rebooted. <laughs> he's been rebooted. <laughs> Literally. 